When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wanted to take a moment to bring up a really serious topic. I know that after listening to this podcast and putting what we advise to practice, you will quickly become really freaking good with women. It's serious. It's going to happen for you. Meaning that you'll be sleeping with more women and exposing yourself to potential STDs. It's the reality, so I hope you're listening to this message. I know you're a smart guy and will be using protection, but as a woman, the best words that I can hear from a man I'm about to sleep with is, I just got tested and I'm clean. We all know that going in for STD tests can be time-consuming, costly, and let's face it, they're freaking embarrassing. With my lab box, you don't have to worry about any of that anymore. My lab box is the first and only service to offer at-home STD testing to consumers nationwide. My lab box is verified to be as accurate as testing in a clinic or a doctor's office. They have easy mail-in tests that can be completed in five minutes or less, anytime and anywhere. You can order tests and receive lab certified results online in just a click in two to five days. That's pretty amazing. My lab box also has extra genital tests available to detect in Infections in the mouth and rectal area, which most labs do not screen for. And you can also download a lab certified copy of your results to consult with your preferred physician. Should you test positive using the My Lab Box service, enjoy extra peace of mind with a complimentary physician consultation completely free of charge. Testing and treating STDs has never been easier. Join the safe sex revolution at mylabbox.com today with one easy click. Safe is sexy. That's mylabbox.com and get started today. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Win Podcast, our first episode for Help Our Brother Out. We have my coaching session with Roberto, who's from Toronto, so I shouldn't really say it that fancy, but he's Roberto, uh, talking about approach anxiety. So we play the coaching session, and then everybody who is in the studio with us overanalyzes and actually adds additional wonderful information on how to help a brother out. So check it out. Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast where you get real advice straight from the source. I'm Kristen Carney, a comedian and your host here, of course, with Marnie Kenrest. She is the owner of wingirlmethod.com. Check it out. Uh, we have a voice of man today in the studio. We've kind of laughed here and there with that. <laughs> and he just made a fu- funny face, kind of like, I don't know about that. Uh, He's about to leave. Yeah. <laughs> but we've got Terry, uh, who's um, going to remain first nameless or last nameless. Yes. And uh, he's going to help us out. he's that good. He's, he's that, that big good. of a he's man. He's like Madonna, but yeah. as a man. Yeah. <laughs> Terry. Well, Yes. Yeah, well, this is Terry. Me better than telling you like Madonna. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, she's kind of masculine now. In her older, in her yeah, older years. Yeah. She's yeah. becoming more of a man. That's ripped. true. Well, this week is an interesting week because um, if you remember, I mean, I'm talking to you guys in the room, but then also people who are listening, if you remember, we had put out an announcement uh, to submit your application to be a brother that we help out on our show. We got tons of people you know, writing in saying they want to be helped out for free. Um, and we actually narrowed it down to three awesome guys and i just want to give like a little bit of update on these guys so um one of them has been wonderful and very responsive and has been doing i've actually done one coaching session with each of them and we're going to play the coaching session for one of them in uh, a moment um but the other two i have not heard from after and i've checked in with it it's interesting and actually one of them was that guy justin who was on our show before and we never, he came into He's studio. Yeah, he came into the oh, studio. You picked him? Yeah, because I was like, okay, because he told me what happened last time. Like a producer we were working with, I'm sure he got fired. And um, that's yeah. why he was just never able to follow up. So I was like, okay, well, you know, let's try it again. You're local. We can have you come in studio. That'll be really interesting to hear where you've gotten to. Um, but 
Yeah, I haven't oh my gosh. heard from either of them. So I'm going to hold off and, you know, I I, I still want to have episodes. That's like saying, where like, we, here's some free pizza. And they're like, no, we don't want any like, free I'm pizza. I'm that shitty, obviously, as a coach. Like, yeah. it's, it's hurting <laughs> my heart. Um, but I st- we still are going to play those episodes. But this is what we're going to do for Help a Brother Out. We're going to, you know, obviously help this brother out for as long as he wants to be helped out for. But what we're going to do is uh, we are going to play my coaching session. Everybody in the studio, as well as the listeners, are going to listen to it. And then... Everyone in the studio is going to provide additional feedback. So whenever you're ready. This is, oh, is Roberto. That? Hi. How long Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Okay. Okay, good. You ready? Yes. So thanks for doing okay. this. And like, I'm excited to work with you. I looked over the email that you had sent in. The, the biggest thing that you're talking about that you have difficulty with is approaching girls, correct? Yes. Okay. And yes. That's, that's what you want to work on with me. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is consistency, just because I've done it before, and I've even had some stretches where I've gone doing it a couple of days, but then it just gets to a point where kind of like, I get frustrated, boiled over, and it just stops. I just shut off. So okay, which which I, I've yeah. heard from like a lot of guys. Okay, so so the key to yep. confidence and to approaching people and being open and fun and not closed off is consistency. So you kind of said the word for me already. Um, And it's wonderful if you do it for four days in a row, but then as soon as you have two rejections in a row, if you give up on it, then you're never going to grow. You have to have those rejections in order to grow yourself, grow your confidence and grow your approaching style. So I I want, I want to hear from you, like what, What's going on when you're approaching that makes you not want to do it? Like, what's going on in your head? What are you afraid of? What are you worried about? And why um, okay. are you not doing it? Well, at first, I thought it was just rejection. Um, but then sometimes I had a couple of days in a row where me and my friends were going to go out maybe at the end of the day. So first thing in the morning, maybe my alarm goes off. I hit the uh, the snooze button or stretch. And then I wake up and I think, okay, what do I got to do today? I figure I got to go to work. And then we're going to go out and hit on some girls. And then okay. already, I haven't even got out of bed yet, and I'm, I've already got butterflies in my stomach. Right. Okay, good. Right. Butterflies so are a good thing. Yeah, this is like, what, 10 hours, 12 hours before this, anything happens, right? Okay. So, um, then I'll kind of, I'll go into work, I'll forget about it, then I'll come back, you know, as we're getting ready to go out type thing later okay. in the day. So I don't know what it was. I think I've even had a friend of mine, like, we'd be sitting together at a bar, somebody would be sitting maybe 10, 20 feet away, and he'd say, okay, just go now. And I'd walk over there, and sometimes I would say something sometimes I would just walk by I got nervous and um I don't know eye contact I guess had a little bit to do with it uh, a couple of times uh, I maybe if we make eye contact or something I'll pull away just because I get nervous and okay um yeah even even say we were walking down the street or something somebody's 10 feet away maybe my friend will back off he'll be like five feet behind me and he'll say go ahead approach this girl and nothing I'll just kind of walk by um yeah, it's been a struggle. So, okay. um, even went through a point of time where uh, a friend of mine, the same friend, um, he tried to force me into doing it by. Uh, you have good friends, by the way. These are these are great friends that are making yeah. you get out of your comfort zone, and I I think that you should acknowledge that they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. He, well, it's one guy specifically. He's a good guy. But uh, what do we had? He had something kind of a little bit that I was kind of a little bit embarrassed about. Okay. And uh, he got me on camera doing something, something, nothing really bad, but not something you want your boss to see. Okay. So a couple of times he threatened me. He's like, okay, if you don't, if you don't do this, I'm going to send this to your boss. I love this friend. Get him. He's going to be my wingman. Yeah. Yes. No, this is good. You need this. So he, um, a couple of days at work, he's like, okay, that's it. He, cause he has my boss's number because we used to work together. Right. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to send this video. If you don't do it, I'm going to send this video. So it worked a couple of days in a row. And then one day it just, I don't know. I'd shut off. I wasn't in, in a, in a, in a talking mindset or anything. And he's like, I'm going to send it. I'm going to send it. And I was just so frustrated. I said, go ahead, send it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'll deal with that later. Okay. And, uh, what he did is he sent it. And I, at first I wasn't even upset. I was just more upset about not approaching myself. Yeah, of course. And, uh, at the end of the day, I found out that he took my phone and changed his name to my boss's name and sent it to himself. This is a good friend. So he didn't actually friend. send it, but... Okay, very good friend. For a day, yeah. So let me interrupt you for a second. Okay, so so yeah. what do you want my help with? You want me to help you get over your approach anxiety? Because you seem yeah. to already have an, a phenomenal coach that's helping push you. Because that, that's... that The things that I'm hearing you need are a shift in mindset and a big kick in the ass to go forward and just do like 10 approaches every single day. So, so 
I can help you with the mindset. I can also give you assignments and exercises that you can do. But you have like a phenomenal friend who who's making you accountable and making you do what you need to do. So you have to like give in to him a little bit more. The mindset set stuff we can definitely work on. So it's interesting. You say you wake up in the morning, you have butterflies about potentially going yeah. to approach girls. Yeah. Why? Because what are the butterflies for? Because you're nervous, you're scared, you're fearful that. Uh, I don't know. It seems like, I feel like almost like I'm, I'm anxious every time I do it. Okay. I, so I, think, it, I think it's just the anxiety. I don't I know that they usually say it's usually rejection, right? But I've, I've done that before and I don't know, maybe it's just, Maybe it's just too much rejection time after time it gets to me. Yeah, no, I I completely understand that. But honestly, it's all about practice makes perfect. So the mindset stuff is about reframing the way that you think about this rejection and the way that you think about these butterflies. So first things first, and you have to write these things down for yourself to constantly remind yourself of them, okay? And we're going to have a recording of this, so you're lucky you get to listen back if you want to. But the first thing is, like, let's attack these butterflies, okay? So for me, I used to dance, when I was younger and those butterflies that I would always get before going on stage would freak me out. And there are certain times where I just froze up and I wasn't able to go out onto the stage. Other times I had other people pushing me and I did go out there and I started to associate those butterflies with good performances, right? So that in my mind, I would think, okay, if I have butterflies, that means it's going to be a really, really good performance. And if I didn't have the butterflies, then, you know, I, I, I kind of thought the opposite. Eh, it won't be that wonderful. Those, those butterflies are your, your motivator, right? The fact that you have them at the very beginning of the day is awesome because you can use that energy and that motivation not just to approach 10 hours later when you go to a bar or a club or whatever it is you're going to, you can use it throughout the entire day to push you outside of your comfort zone with other people that you interact with so that the approaches with girls don't become so extreme, okay? So it's kind of like getting rid of nervous energy or like, you know, before you go on a date, you're supposed to masturbate so that (laughs) you're not so over like excited and super horny when you're going on a date. It's kind of like doing that. So throughout the day, what I want you to do from now on every single day, not just the days that you're going out, I want you to approach and interact with five to 10 strangers every single day. And, and the success is not you getting into a great conversation, making a connection, going out with them later. There's, there's no success from anything past just approaching them, smiling and saying hi. And I know that that doesn't seem like anything that big, but for right now, that's the baby step because for, for you, approaching a really attractive girl that you potentially want to sleep with, date, whatever it is that you, that you could desire in your mind is extremely overwhelming, right? And so when yeah, you think yeah. big picture, it fucks you up. It overwhelms you. It makes you nervous. So what I want to try and do is help you drill back on all of those grand, massive intentions that are freaking you out and making you nervous and causing extreme butterflies throughout the day. And we want to make that a much smaller intention and desire. So for you now, the butterflies in the morning are an awesome thing. And as you go throughout the day, I want you to just be open to the rest of the world around you and build up that confidence by approaching 10 people a day. So by the time you get to that evening where you're out with your friend, a lot of that nervous energy is gone. You've already started working up your approaching muscles so that it doesn't feel as overwhelming when you are interacting with girls that you want to approach. It's, it's like, you know, if you're going to go play a game of basketball and you have like a warm-up game before, right? right? Gets rid of all that nervous energy. And this is not the, the cure for everything. It doesn't mean you're going to be a master with your approaches. It's just going to help that nervous energy subside and build up your confidence because now you're going and you're approaching all these random weird people. You're talking to everybody. You're being open and other people are watching you be open. That is going to make you feel better and more confident overall. And it will help you not just in places with women, but it's going to help you in other areas of your life. So that that is the first exercise that I have for you. And I guess we're like only <laughs> six minutes into this this call right now. But but that, that's what I want you to work on. And I want you to work on that for the next week. We're simply saying hi 
and smiling is your approach. Anything that happens afterwards is a complete bonus for you. So if you get if you get rejected and somebody says, eh, I don't want to talk to you, like that doesn't even matter. The success for you, the gold star on your shirt, the pat on the back, the hug from Marnie, the thumbs up from like your, your wingman and wing girl is you said hi to other people with a smile. That is your success. Is that something that you can do? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. I want to tell you why I'm giving you this assignment. And to be honest, it's 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 the assignment that I give to everybody that I work with who has approach anxiety. So for me, I used to, I'm sure you've heard this on my podcast or, you know, from getting any, any of my programs on my website. I used to be extremely shy. I used to have extreme approach anxiety. Um, I did not like to interact with other people. And I was a wallflower who would sit back and sometimes you wouldn't even know that I was in the room or at least that's how I felt I don't know if that was actually true or how it looked to other people but that's how it felt for me that those butterflies that you speak of like that was me all day long nervous energy uh, freaking out all the time and I didn't I didn't want to be that person because I I knew that when I was comfortable I was awesome I was fun I could be funny uh, I would I was entertaining and people liked me, but I was cutting myself off from, from having more people enjoy me and me enjoy so many more people because I was trapped in my head and I was letting that nervous energy overpower me. And so when I was backpacking in Australia with, uh, in New Zealand with one of my really close friends, um, and she was super outgoing and she would like, I literally like go outside for a cigarette at a hostel and come back with like five new friends. And I was like, what the fuck? Do I have to start smoking? And I tried smoking. It didn't work. Like I still couldn't make friends. And then I started to realize I have, I have to work on myself. I have to improve the way that I see myself and the way that others see myself and get this me that I see in my head outside for others to see. And I, I I knew that if I kept focusing on big picture, like, okay, I'm going to approach that person. We're going to be friends. We're going to go to a bar. That would freak me out. It would overwhelm me. And I would just end up opening my mouth in front of them and never saying anything. So what I did instead was I learned how to drill back my intentions. And I gave myself the exercise that I just gave you where I was in Auckland, New Zealand. I've actually quoted this incorrectly. That I said I was in Australia, but it was Auckland, New Zealand. And I gave the assignment to myself to approach 10 people. And I wasn't allowed to go home until I approached those 10 people and said hi and smiled. And I'm telling you, that took me two and a half hours to do. It fucking freaked the hell out of me. It scared me. It made me nervous. But when I did it, I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. And people were actually nice. And they started engaging me in conversation. And yes, I'm a girl. So maybe it's a little bit easier. But I started to see that people weren't so horrible. And if if they were, I started to see that that was their issue not my issue or that we just didn't connect in some way. And so every single day I was giving myself this assignment, but I would raise the bar every day so that when something got easy and automated, I would challenge myself in a new way. So this is an exercise I've done myself. I've, I've given now to thousands and thousands of men all over the world. And I will tell you that it has the same result for almost every single person. The same result is that they gain confidence. They slowly get over approach anxiety and they build up their confidence levels so that they can approach not just hot women, but any person that they want to without extreme fear overpowering them. And that's why I think that this is a really great exercise for you because I'm guessing that, yes, you may have approach anxiety with cute girls that you potentially want to date, but I'm also guessing that you have a similar anxiety with other individuals that you interact with or are giving up interacting with on a daily basis. I'm guessing it appears in your workspace. And I I know that once you start to open yourself up to everybody around you, interactions with women become so much easier. So my assignment to you, 10 people every single day, start using those butterflies in your stomach as a motivator and say to yourself out loud, if you feel that nervous feeling, oh, this is a good thing. This is a good thing rather than, okay, I'm nervous and start freaking out about it and then trying to hide that from other people. You can even announce it to your friends. I feel really nervous right now. I feel like just get that elephant outside so that it's not something you're trying to subside and hide from other people. 
Okay. Put it out there. Use it as motivation. Again, so is that something that you think you can do for the next week? And then we're going to do a follow-up call and then we're going to build on what we've just worked on today. Okay. Yeah. That's definitely something I can do. I think because the thing is, I know what's kind of inside me because I actually, at my work, I actually have to deal with a lot of people um, because I'm kind of uh, the person in charge. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know, my, uh, I've just been told by my friend again, because we work together, yeah. if you could just take the meetings at work and put me out, things would be so much better. But it's almost like two different people, one person at work and one person out trying to socialize. For sure. Well, because I think this is what happens with a lot of people at work, right? You you have, I don't know what you do for work. What do you do for a living? Uh, I run a, re- I'm sorry, I manage a retail uh, pharmacy. Oh, amazing. Okay. So you're, you're like, are you a pharmacist or you are the manager? No, no, no. No, it's a, it's a shopper's drug mart. Oh, I love. Yes, you're from Toronto. I totally forgot. Yeah. Which yeah. one? Which Shoppers Drug Mart? <laughs> uh, it's a new one. It's Von Mills. Oh, okay, cool. So that's. Oh my god, that's so funny. I actually um have a friend who owns a Shoppers Drug Mart. So I wonder if you know who it is. Yeah. But anyway, that's a separate story. But yeah. Shoppers Drug Mart, you are the manager, which means you're a person in charge. You are a leader. But I'm guessing in some way you have studied or at least had experience in the past with whatever role that you're in that gives you that confidence level, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that that's how that's how thing become things become automated. That's how you go grow confidence in certain areas. It's just funny that so many people think, oh, I'm supposed to be outgoing naturally or I'm supposed to know how to have conversations naturally. But that's absolutely not true. Some people have that in them, but some people actually work on that skill. And it's the same as any other skill set that you learn throughout your life. People go to school to learn how to do math and science and English. And we, 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 we don't focus enough on the really important skill sets that really feed into our security levels and confidence levels. And so now I'm putting you through school for approaching. And this is like, I'm going to say the Canadian way, grade one for, for the approaching school, not first grade. Like the American okay. side, but that—that's what I. This is what I want you to do. And I again, you have an amazing friend, and he will help push you even further. And like, it's amazing that you have that support system where it's not you doing it alone and being shy around your friends who may be better with with girls. He is helping push you along. So just know you have a really awesome friend. But yeah, we're gonna t- good. Okay, so we're gonna talk next week. Um, I'm gonna email you, and we'll set up a time to call for um, or have our call for a follow-up call. This time I'm actually going to be in Toronto because um, okay. I'm traveling for a bit. But yeah, we'll we'll do a call not through the Playboy Studios, but we'll follow up and you'll just let me know what's been going on with you and how the approaches have been going. And in the meantime, I want you to email me in between and I'll give you a special email that goes directly to me when we get off the phone um, because I want to hear about your progress in between. The best way to hone a skill is to, you know, work with a coach that you're relaying information to every single day. Like writing to me is only going to solidify more what you're doing. So if you have challenges, if you have fears, if you have successes, I, I want you to tell me everything that you're experiencing because getting it down on paper makes it tangible and real. It's not lofty and floaty and you can you set it that. aside. It makes it real and you're accountable to me. Okay? Okay. All right. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, then awesome. nice to- talking to you and I'll talk to you in a week. Nice talking. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So basically, this is just an episode where you're supposed to tell me what a wonderful coach I am. So, no. Um, Good job. Thanks, guys. Um, so we actually have, I think Nikki is on the phone as well. So we have a, a fourth to comment as well, another female voice. Um, she was listening into this call. This isn't like our typical episode, just letting you know. Um, but I, I, I want to know, first of all, what you thought about Roberto uh, and his current situation and if there's any additional advice that you would give. So, Terry, I would... I would love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, first of all, I, I thought it was great. I thought your advice was was pretty Thanks. spot on. Thanks. Um, I, I think that um, my first thing going through my head was this guy had really critical parents, a mother or father. Someone was so hypercritical of this guy because I think you 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 nailed it spot on. There's a lot of anxiety and approach uh, to any situation, but especially to women. And I think whenever I hear that, my first thought is, okay, this guy had a really difficult relationship with his mom. And I think that uh, whenever, you know, Whenever you were speaking with him, I, th- I think you took a very authoritative point, which I think was helpful for him because I think in that way, is, in some ways, it, you, you took his reins and l- sort of led him along, which I thought was great. Thanks. Um, 
as far as what he might be going through besides the approach anxiety is again i think you know i think this is fairly typical of a lot of men um that we have and i'll use a bit of a weird lexicon here we have a, a, a this hypercritical superego that that just drives us to not take initiatives or chances or things for fear of failure that we idealize and devalue meaning we idealize the other and we devalue ourselves before we ever interact with what goes on so we live in this fantasy and listen we're here at the playboy studios you know this is like sitting in pompeii we got a guy with a giant, <laughs> giant cock over here i mean this, right. is, this is awesome this is like italy yeah. um but you know men especially live in fantasy they will play out before they ever get to the woman at least in my experience what is going to happen and how it's going to go down. And that could Absolutely. go down positively, negatively, and everywhere in between. So I think for Roberto, I think what you were giving him, one, homework is excellent. Two, staying in contact is fantastic. And three, uh, just acknowledging and trying to work with, trying to simplify anxiety. Anxiety is a really interesting thing. If we take a different term, we used to call it tense or being tense or tight. So minds... Uh, brains, bodies, they get very tense, hypertonic is what that's called. And so, you know, these, they, there's a reaction where they can't think. There's no improvisation when you're tight. You know, you're a comedian. If you're on stage and you're, you're doing something, you know, that, that is, uh, that's requiring some fluidity of thinking, fluidity of mind, well, if you don't find that, I mean, you're out of luck, right? You're, you're not going to be able to have that. And I think what you were encouraging him was to give himself some space right. through trial and error, through talk to random strangers, people that we, you may not in, endow with any importance other than just an exercise. People forget that they're talking to people that I know in my own life. And I, you know, I don't know if you, how much you want me to share about my Please. stuff. Yeah. So, you know, for 10 years I was a model. And I was an underwear model, and I did stuff. Here's a really funny one. I was a model for Playboy. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I, back. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I modeled for Hugh Hefner. I, I, we shot three or four days at the mansion. He, I remember the first time he tapped me on the shoulder, and he's like, uh, you're wearing my clothes. And I was what? like, yeah, it was great. It was really cool. So my point is that I've always had problems when I was younger approaching people. Um, and I think because I never saw the person in them, I always saw something different. Yeah, you, you see the you know the boobs and the and the, and the whole thing, but it, but it becomes sort of endowed. And I don't mean right from a point. It becomes endowed with something far greater. And I think to your point, once you learn to humanize people, to see them as whole objects, to see them as you know this is just a person who's going to have a bad day or whatever. One of the things that I do now when I meet people, whether it's you know whomever, and even if it's someone I find, I find attractive, hey, I'll go over to them, is I'll ask them, what's the first thing you did this morning? Just an icebreaker. Mm -hmm. Not like, what do you do? Or I remember I was in college. God, that fucking sucked. How horrible right. was that? You yes, know, it's horrible. Like, oh, what? Uh, but I, I'll ask him, you know, what's the first thing you did? This or well, you know what? What's the craziest thing you've done this week? Just some random thing because it, it, it gets them thinking, but it also throws them off a bit. So now we're, all, we're, we're on, on even. Page, yeah. We're on the same page. So, um, yeah, I, I think what you gave, Roberta, was excellent. And I, I, I empathize with him because I've definitely been in that situation where you know, the anxiety gets the best of you. For sure. Um, and, and it does take practice. Uh, you know, I, you know, there's not a lot of coxmen out there, right. uh, even though we all men, because we think with our cock, uh, believe we are, we're not. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't He can't even say. get the blood down to his cock. It's like raising up to his head all the time. But that's, like, an, yeah, but yeah, that's anxiety. anxiety, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. he's not breathing past his Adam's apple. Right, I mean, there's exactly. no, there's no oxygen. There's nothing getting in there. So, yeah. Yeah, to calm him down through practice is important. And but more importantly, I think to calm him down by understanding his anxiety. Like the worst thing you do to someone is to say, oh, don't be anxious. Well, <laughs> that's no, the first thing right. they're going to be. Yeah. You know, honor the, like you said, you honored the approach anxiety. You said to him, listen, I get it. You're anxious. I, you gave your own personal uh, background with it. I was yeah. anxious. You know, I do I am. smoke? Do I not? Yeah, I everyone still am is. an anxious person. Uh, yeah, I think I, just, I think anxiety is good. I you know I tell people all the time. You know, if we didn't have anxiety, we'd run out into a, a rushing traffic. Right. You know, you wouldn't. It's there to protect us. Exactly. So I, I think that that, like I said, I think that what you gave him was really excellent, and, and I think just you know spot on. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Well, well first off, you took notes. Yeah. Are you <laughs> well, writing, writing kind of like other stuff? <laughs> Kristen, jump in front of bus, lose right. anxiety. Buy apples. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the first thing I noticed, well, first I kept thinking, is this kid Canadian? 
because <laughs> he? he sounded very Canadian and then you said Toronto. Um, but the first thing I noticed was that he was very not confident, confident in his speech. Yeah. And I can see that leading into his approach. Yeah. So being very passive, being very forgiving if the person doesn't want to talk to him or accepting if they don't want to talk to him. So that was the first thing that I noticed. Um, so I, I almost think that when he goes out to say hi to people, if he doesn't do it in a way that's a little more commanding, you know, his results will still end up being not I'm not saying your coaching was awesome, but what I'm saying is that if he kind of walks up and says, hi, and shrinks and has his shoulders hunched. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. He'll, his results will still be not great. Um, so almost his diction needs to change or his energy needs to change. That was That was my first thought. But my second thought was that I wake up with butterflies in my stomach basically every... I do stand-up, but I, I've been doing it for a long time now, but I still... Whenever I have a show, like I have a show tonight, I wake up with butterflies in my stomach. So Hoping it gets canceled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I if my car gets you know, right. blocked in from another car and I can't make it, that's great. I would much prefer that to happen. Um, and I've never been able to utilize the butterflies to my benefit. So, I mean, I was listening you still do to it. take ad- advice from Marnie. I still do it, and it's almost like a cutting. It's almost like my own really? version of cutting. Yeah, I mean, because I, I like it, but I hate it. It's like I can't harness it into something that feels super positive because when i'm on the stage it's great but the leading up so i think he probably might feel something the same it's like he predicts because what what terry was saying for me is the same i see what will go wrong and i i put the other people on the pedestal and i devalue myself so i'll immediately think everyone everyone in the audience is smarter than i am and my jokes are hack and stupid. And I live my day with those thoughts over and over and over and over. But then once I get on the stage and all of a sudden I start seeing the tide flip and I go, oh, and I and I oh, see, I oh, funny. my jokes, they're, maybe they're not that smart. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, maybe my jokes are hacky, right. but they don't know that because they're not that smart. And I start to see things kind of flip. Then I enjoy it. And so I get this high and then... And then I live on that high for tomorrow or the next day. Yeah. And then I have a show again and I wake up with those butterflies and I'm like, oh, this audience, this one's going to be the really smart audience that hates me. <laughs> and I mean, it happens. And it never happens. No, it happens occasionally. And then I have to live with that pain of like bombing and being horrible and hating myself. Right. But, I, but I can feel his pain and I can feel why he yeah. would be afraid because that rejection feeling, even though we're all human, is, you know, we're all like, Wanting to look at people like, oh, they just poop and they're just animals. and It's hard to do in the moment. It's hard to do in the moment, but even though you know that's the case. Yeah. So you kind of want to just pull him aside and just be like, you know, we're, we're all just... We're all scared. We're all idiots. We're all scared. I want, but I, I, can, I can't speak to that because I, I live the same way that he does, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, actually, so that you bring up a couple of good points. So I, I have Nikki on the phone as well, and I definitely want to hear from her um, in a second. But I, I do want to add on two points. So I've done some email coaching now with Roberto since we had our phone call. Um, and he has he has gone out every single day and he's done the approaches. Um, and I don't to be honest, the way he's writing to me, it's not really getting easier for him. Mm-hmm. So I know that there's more work mm-hmm. that needs to be discussed. Um, so the the last email exchange that we had was about before the hi to strangers because he kept calling them failures like he would say success I did it failure this happened um, so the, the the few notes of feedback that I did give um, in this last email exchange with him was number one it's not a failure there's there's not a failure there's there's things to notice about what you're doing and how to alter them for the next time and I gave him a adjustment on the assignment that he has to to carry himself better in the very beginning. So check in with you and your body language before you make these approaches so that you're standing up straight, your head's lifted tall, you're looking at other people around you. And then uh, he was saying that the approaches were done, you know, at a mall or somewhere, but over several hours. And I said, you give yourself a 10-minute time limit to do it. Um, and then the last thing that I'm going to add on after hearing, you know, what Kristen just said was – I think I've talked about it a lot on the show, but it's about reframing how you think. Because as wonderful as it is that you can halfway through a set, you know, take the external feedback and make it positive for yourself, that that's nice. But that leaves you out of control. Yeah. And, and that whole show could have been amazing rather than half the show. So it's about reframing 
the way that you think about things. And the first step for reframing is to notice how you're thinking. So I'm guessing that Roberto is saying things to himself over and over again while he's in the, I look like an idiot. I'm a creeper. I'm a fool. It's about literally stopping those things in your brain. And I have exercise to do that. The one exercise that I do is called, I call the Barbara Streisand. So I select like three different songs for the month that make me smile. <laughs> and so if I'm having a negative thought. Are they all I'm, Barbara Streisand songs? No, they, okay. you, they used to be. Um, <laughs> they should but be. that's where it came from. Like, a, like It's music. So music makes me smile. And when I start singing a certain song, I can distract myself from those negative thoughts. Because once you can separate yourself from going down that negative path, it's easier to start reprogramming and re-saying things to yourself. Because if you're not talking nicely to yourself, then how is anybody else going to? Um, so one exercise that I give to people to, to start reframing is to first notice – when you're telling yourself these negative things and then go find a mirror or start singing in your head some song that you've pre-selected that puts a smile onto your face enough so that it takes you away from those negative thoughts and then have a phrase in place that you can replace those old thoughts with. So I tell people to like literally write it down and put it in their pocket. Whatever their new intention is or whatever their new thought is that pumps them up and makes them positive. So for Roberto, it would be like, I'm going to say hi because I want to. And I'm a nice person so that you, you can reprogram how your brain thinks. And slowly over time, that becomes the automated go to so that you're not you're not expecting or depending on other people to, to smile back at you. And then you feel good. Right. You already feel good because you're the person smiling at a stranger and they're looking at you like you're a weirdo. And then you're like, you're a weirdo. Who doesn't want to smile while they're walking? You want to look miserable? Have a very nice day. Yeah. And so then it puts you in the position of power. And right. control. Um, and now Nikki is on the phone. I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear what Nikki has to say as well. Nikki will say her name before she speaks. She's my sister, so we're going to sound very similar. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, Nikki, you are now talking. I'm, Marnie has ended. I'm Nikki and I'm talking. Um, yeah, my opinion really is kind of the same is that he's got to get comfortable with how he is approaching. Um, and the best is to really just practice it multiple times and really get comfortable with the fact that, you know what, you might get rejected. The girl might think you're weird. The girl might not like you. But who cares? You've done it. Now you're getting comfortable with it. Exactly. Just practice makes perfect. Well, from your perspective, really I want the female point of view. You are a single hottie in Toronto. What do you think? Wait, she's in Toronto? Yeah. They might cross <laughs> Maybe you and Roberto should date. I mean, <laughs> hello. Go I'm find him. him. <laughs> you should. Maybe I'll introduce you. You'll take him out and be his wing girl. But tell me from okay. your perspective as a woman and a female – does it what what does it do to you when a man smiles at you confidently? Are you freaked out? Are you creeped out if a guy approaches and say hi, <laughs> says hi? Like, do you want to punch him in the face? <laughs> no, I think nowadays Hopefully Roberto's people not aren't approaching. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's pure dread, right? Roberto, be confident. She's going to hit you. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> you just might get maybe, a little. Yeah, maybe a knee to the balls. All good. Yeah. You know, I find nowadays when I'm going out, people aren't actually approaching as much. Um, they're either giving me that smile and giving me that look of like, oh, maybe I'm interested in you. Yeah, but I'm I'll see you on Tinder later. And continue my drink. Yeah, exactly. It's, I'm going to just wait until I swipe. Now we're in the vicinity of each other. So I'll swipe you and then that's how we'll start talking. Okay. But when a guy does come up to me, no matter what he says, really, I love it. And I'm like, oh, you've actually taken the uh, chance to come and talk to me. But do you love I it if it's a guy you? you don't want talking to you? I still, like, I, I'm open to it. I think I'm more open to it now. Well, she's been I hearing me for 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> but Exactly. But I am, I'm probably a nicer person in that respect. But I think because people aren't doing it as much, it's kind of that weird shock when they do come and approach you, no matter who it is, that you give them that. Well, last night I was at the gym and I thought a guy was kind of smiling at me. And I genuinely <laughs> found out, like, I turned around later when I was leaving and I had a massive line of butt sweat in my butt crack. <laughs> and I was like, he was definitely like smiling and laughing at my butt sweat. And that's this is humiliating. No. Yes. It He's was looking at your butt. Yeah, and he was like, and look at all that butt sweat. That's See? pretty funny. You Sweet. do get approached in person. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nick, let me ask you a question. Um, so let's say you've heard Roberto's voice now. Let's say some, let's say Roberto did approach you with that voice. And I'm sure you can sort of like add other elements of what visually that would look like. He's very cute. I can send you a picture of him. But like, let's <laughs> say that package were to approach you and say, hi, 
what what would you what would you want from him at that point? Would you be obviously you'd be open because you said you're open to anybody <laughs> talking to you, <laughs> craving so some attention right now. Um, but in order for him to like ask you out or get your phone number, what what would you require? What would you want from him? I think he he was very timid and he was very uncomfortable with what he was saying. That if he had a bit more confidence in his conversation um, and his approach, then maybe I would be a bit more open to it. Okay. Can but you I explain that his... a little bit more? Like, what is what do you mean by more confidence? So that his voice was... He was stumbling. He was just thinking too much on the spot of what he really wanted to say, that he would get kind of cross for words and stumble and repeat things or just pause that... Yeah, like, no, was... no, no disrespect to Marnie, but Marnie was steamrolling him. Yep. Like, yes. I mean... Mm-hmm. You know, you knew, you know what you're talking about and you know how to speak. And it was like your, your, your level of, of passion and, and diction and all that kind of stuff was at a, at a 10 and his was at like a two. Yeah. You know, he, For couldn't, sure. he couldn't keep up. Oh yeah. Like you could tell he wanted to say more. And if he was more confident, I think he would have cut you off and said, well, no, listen to me and listen to what my problems are and what I want to say. But you could tell he didn't have that confidence to say that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tara, I'd love to hear what you said, what well, again, say about, like, I, how I, we can get that confidence. Yeah, that goes back to what I was saying. This this guy grew up with someone that was very critical, mother, someone. And you may have, she may be spot on, which is that you may have just assumed the role of his mom. Like, like he, in other words, you know. Men do, we all learn how to interact and we learn in our first object relations. And those are our parents, our siblings, whomever those might be. And so you were talking more what's called cognitive behavioral language, this idea that we have or automatic thoughts that we go through and right, we run them through the, the, the mill. So we also do that because we're object relating. We're relating to something so important or so demanding or so critical or so whatever that even your question to your sister, which I thought was interesting, was this idea that, okay, if he approached you, how would you handle him? You immediately inflated the situation, which is important. It's fine. But I think for Roberto, he's already inflating it. Right. He's already blowing it really, really like out of proportion for what it could be. And I think, like I said, your advice of just saying just practice and your sister agreeing with that just practice is helpful. Um, but I think he has such a hypercritical mind. There's something going on for him where he's not good enough no matter what. He's right. not likable no matter what. You know, that's kind of what you were saying on, on yeah. the stage. You know, there, there's something about me that says, I'm not likable. They're not going to like me. There's something about me. Yeah. And I think what your sister seems to be saying is that if, if that can be softened, it doesn't have to get rid of it, but if that can be softened, then I think the man can be born. Because right now what I was listening to was a boy. What I was listening right. to was a little was it, I think your right. sister said right. was a little was a little was a little boy. Yeah. He was kind of this very timid, very shy. He wasn't really really confident and sure of himself. And he was and and again, it allowed you to sort of step in because I think that there is a you know I say this you know respectfully. You had this motherly instinct yeah. to go. Let me show you how to do this. Let me take you through this. And unfortunately, I I think it's it's for him. He needs to. Be, people need to pull back from him and say, you can do it. Go figure it out. Right. Fly, little bird. Fly. Exactly right. right. Yeah. So um, as far as what – that's what I was hearing. And then from my own experience, I can tell you I've been in both sides of it. So I've been the shy, coy I, – I still am not great in – public and in crowds i mean you know really oh yeah yeah you've seen me around i've got yeah. hundreds of people that come and follow me and people will stop yeah. me and stuff but I, i'm still not good with it because i'm not that's just not how i roll um by the way i'm a stand-up comic too so oh, okay, cool. yeah so you know um i host a show i produce shows so it's 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 never comfortable for me but i can tell you because i grew up in a in a critical environment i grew up where nothing was ever good enough so because of that I'm 6'3", 185, and I still would have difficulty approaching people. You know, I still would have, I still would stumble and trip and fall and, and verbally in every other way. I've got a wonderful vocabulary. I've got lots of letters behind my name. But when you're anxious and when you're nervous, if you lack confidence, all of that goes away. And you can't think, you can't interact in a way that feels healthy. Um, but you do. You find a way. I've, I've learned because I've you know, put myself through lots of work and right. all kinds of stuff. So, so can you speak to some of the work that you've done? Because it's interesting because yeah. I, I have a very different background. I did not have a critical family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was critical 
friends around me, possibly. That's all you need. Yeah, but I had a very family. supportive family. Yeah, okay. it doesn't have to be family. No, my family was supportive. And, I mean, it doesn't have to be any, It can be at whatever time, at whatever place, developmentally, neurobiologically. When, when things happen, you internalize whatever that object is and you hold it in your mind. It becomes part of your mental scaffolding, right? Like we build right. a, bri- a building. Build a story. Right. Yeah. It's part of your mental scaffolding. So the, one of the ways that you unwind that is what we're doing right now. Like you, I'm watching you guys work together. You guys are working off each other. You guys are supporting each other. She says she has a difficult time. You challenge her a little bit, but you support her. When these things can be flushed out safely in a healthy way, people's minds shift. It's called neuroplasticity. We, our, our brains, literally, if you look at them in fMRI, not to get, oh, wow, I'm getting totally nerdy, aren't I? I this want to get really more nerdy. Horrible. I like okay. all of it. Okay. Well, my background is neurobiology, developmental neurobiology. So, um, A neurobiologist, a model, comedian, model, underwear. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's been a long, interesting life. I like it. Anyway, so when, whenever we interact, the way we develop neurobiologically is through object relatedness. It's through each other. So I'm going to ask you a simple question because I guarantee you this Roberto would have a hard time with this question, which is who's the one person in your world who can never lay eyes on you for the, all their life? Never lay eyes What on do you mean? Mm-hmm. Who can never see you? That's why he would have difficulty answering because he didn't get it. Who can never see me? What uh-huh. do you mean? You mean Think see you it. as like as in who you are? No, see you as actually a person. See you, like literally see you. A blind person couldn't see me. That's one, but that's not what I'm getting at. You. Oh, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Unless you're SpongeBob mm-hmm. and you can take your trick eyeballs question. out. Trick question. Right. It's not a trick question. It's an important question because we understand ourselves in one of two ways, either through a mirror or reflection. Or Selfies. Which is reversed. <laughs> or through other people. And so as we develop, our brains develop in relation to everything around yeah. us. That's why I'm so fucked up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's wonderful. But my point is, is That's that. That's terrible. If, well, it is and it isn't. I don't do good and bad. I don't do right and wrong. I don't know what that means. It's all someone's perspective. Right. So when you talk to someone, when you work with someone, when you interact, when you interact with someone, when you fall in love with someone, you're interacting with all of those internal objects inside of them mm-hmm. and all of those projections and all of those things that come out of their eyes that they believe they look like based on every other single entity right. that has ever involved with them. Yeah. So... With Roberto, again, I think this timidness, this, um, this lack of spine, um, you know, it, the, all of this stuff comes from this idea that more than likely he was good at taking control, which is why he's a manager, mm-hmm. but he's not great at taking control of his own life, mm-hmm. which is why he has difficulty in relationships. Yeah. So he can have what's called a false self, project out this idea that I'm in control and can run things and do things, probably what he did in his household, by the way. Mm-hmm. But he can't do it for himself. And so there's I'm, – I'm, I'm kind of going – so let me pull this – this sort of an amalgamation of all kinds of stuff. So neural development takes place along the lines of how we relate to everyone else, like, right? So you're looking at me, staring at me, and listening to what I'm saying and watching my hands gesticulate and moving and everything like that. You're getting an understanding of who I am. There's a part of you that's questioning, being critical. There's part of you being supportive. We run the gamut as human beings, consciously, unconsciously. We just do. Will things, we'll agree with some things, not agree with other things. All of this is building a brain. All of this is building neural connections, synapses. <laughs> when do we start getting into relationships? In adolescence. Right. Why is adolescence so important? Because it's the second greatest growth spurt of all neurons in our systems. Our first is infancy. The original synaptogenesis is what it's called, is in infancy. The second wave of synaptogenesis is puberty. Our brain literally in many ways rewires itself. It's fascinating. I mean, I can tell you all the research and yeah. you know, all the books. The point is, is that it's probably the worst time for that to take place because that's when we're supposed to be learning how to relate to people and talk with people and share with people and hang with people have sex with people huge assholes too yeah that's right but (laughs) part of that is developmentally appropriate that's why i say when you when someone comes from from a fucked up place or whatever right that's all just grist for the mill and i think with with roberto and even your sister and even the way you guys are talking the way you've shared about it all of this is relational based he's relating to himself as i'm not worth it i'm not good enough i'm not whatever enough 
that adequacy for him is not even on the scale. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, then everything outside of him is better, right? The audience mm-hmm. knows more than I know about my own set. Mm-hmm. If we think about that objectively, that sounds crazy. Right. Well, because it's it, what's screwed up is that in general, I think people are idiots. But the minute I'm pinned <laughs> but, up and they're better them, than you and they're better than me. But yeah. see, that's that's the difference. That's what's called the idealization and devaluation. That's what happens in our brains. We literally vacillate that quickly like a pendulum. It's 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 fun. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Um, it's funny because now I'm rethinking of how I went about coaching Roberto and I'm not questioning it because I, I think that oh, no, the advice is good. But like all of my programs are structured in, in – this is how it is. You can't turn anybody on until you turn yourself on. So right. every single one of my programs start with a whole section on getting to know who you are and what you want and what your goals are. Yeah. And that that's kind of like what you're talking about. And I'm going to take a step back and I'm actually going to give Roberto access to one of my programs and make him – go through the first and even the second section, which is about activating your social life, like just like finding new connections in your brain that tell you wonderful things about yourself. But I want to be clear. And I think you gave him good advice. And I think what she's experiencing on stage is great. And I think what your sister's experiencing, that crises are so important. Yeah. Failing is so great. If we yeah. look at failure, and you said it yourself, Edison's one of the greatest failures in the world. Yeah, isn't it like 994 times? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's, one time he was successful. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, we wouldn't have all this stuff. But yeah. um, my point is is that... Not the penises in the room. He just had yeah. the lights. Well, maybe. Right. Yeah. He might have been a coxman. Right. You never know. Edison, right. are you kidding? Come That's on. true. Why, maybe he wanted to have the lights on so people could see what he's bringing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so it's... It, I think, you know, Erickson talks about this idea of identity versus role confusion. And... Eric Erickson is a psychologist. Anyway, in uh, in his whole yeah, point, Kristen. yeah, his whole point. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah, right. That's good. So his whole point was that you know that that it that was all part of the psycho psychosexual developmental model, right? So psychosocial, psychosexual. So he wanted us to go through. He said we had to we had to overcome and have crises in order to solidify yeah. a sense of self. That's how you build confidence identity. in your, exactly. who so you are. I, I don't want you to change too much. Oh, I don't I'm want not you to, changing. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think that I just, that was solid kick-ass yes, advice, yeah, but I, I, you're absolutely. right. I do want to give him more things to work on because that's, that's why I wanted to do this Help a Brother Out. Like, yeah. I want to hear other perspectives um, and that is definitely something that I'm, I'm going to be Well, if, if you're asking me if, if, if I was running his wingman yeah. and I was rolling with him, the first thing I would do is empathize with him. Yeah. I would say, man, I get that this is hard. Yeah. I get it. How about we both go over? Or how about we do something where you feel more comfortable? What's on your turf? Maybe it's not a bar. Maybe it's maybe it's a you know at, maybe it's going to a library. Maybe it's doing something where it's more on your territory in your own way. He's like, well, I'm really comfortable at work, and then he gets yeah. fired, <laughs> hitting out all the people that, that yeah. come into his. Yeah, I mean that's that's store. always a risk. You don't shit where you where you eat. But the point is, is that you know that's what I would do, and then I would encourage him to. I would I would. Honor his anxiety. Say, good. Why don't you go up and tell the girl you're nervous? Because it's amazing. I, I've yep. done that with women. I've been like, i got to be honest with you. I, I, I can't think of a word to say. I can't think of anything to say. And anything I'm going to say at this point already is yeah. sounding kind of douchey. So can you help me out? Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, wow, that's kind honest. of honest. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And it- what's the one thing that women want? Honesty? Hello? I, yeah. know, I know that in this world of... For me, I'm I'm way more passive, and so I would never have this intention of I'm gonna wake up and then later on in the day go and hit on like a bunch of girls. But I know <laughs> like guys they want to do this and they want practice, and like that's what you tell them to do. But is there? But any- do you guys realize as women? Do you guys realize your goals for us? Like we set go- like this is the difference between men and women. Women don't set a goal. No. To like I'm gonna go talk to a guy. No. Men will set a goal at like eleven. I've got to go talk to her. I mean, that's yeah. we will do that. Yeah, but I think that that puts pressure on him. Yeah. So if he could wake up in the morning instead of saying, "I'm going to go hit on girls," he could look at it as, "I'm going to go out to the bar later and have fun." And well, have actually, fun. That's, a, that's like one of. The, I, and then you lose the butterflies. And I know you can use butterflies to your advantage, but all of a sudden, like you're not you living reframe. in this state of fear. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, you're waking up and you're going, "Oh my god, I have to do this job." It turns into a job, and it's no longer fun. Just be like, "Yeah, I'm waking up, and I'm going to go out to a bar later and get some drinks. And then if there's a cute girl there, I'm going to say, I'm hey to talk her. to her." I think just the pressure that you put on yourself is yeah. just not necessary. Yeah, and giving yourself a new intention—that's like that's absolutely amazing. And but look a- at the pressure that you guys get. No, I'm 
I know. I, know. I mean, we're I putting, know. You know, the whole thing is pressure. I know. We've got like 153 episodes now. <laughs> pressure. Like, this is pressure. Get it fucking right. But Neil Strauss <laughs> says something... Um, that, he says a lot of things that I like, but it, well, maybe not the manipulating women part, but the other stuff as a, <laughs> as a friend that he, that I like that he says. Um, but he said the best way to pick up women or to hit on women is by not going out to hit on women, something like that. It's, it's yeah. much more poetic the way yeah. that he says it. Like that was his one of his first things. That's that's what's hard for me about comedy is that you're going out to be funny. Yeah. When I'm not trying to be funny, I can be funny. Right. Well, what so about if you just went out pressure. to do comedy and practice? If like that, that was the new intention of, oh, and if I'm funny, that's even better. Nah, it still doesn't work with comedy. No, because no. I still know I have to be funny. I mean, <laughs> it's just the pressure. All of a sudden there's standards and there's an expectation. That's and true. then you buckle, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just your job sucks. Yeah, it's yeah well, well, I remember <laughs> one of the, I love what Louis C.K. said when he, when he would started a stand up show. He, he actually finally started a stand up show just this way. He would come out and say, he said, I don't know what to say. Yeah. How do you start this? Yeah. Because yeah. anyway, I start this, it's going to feel uncomfortable for both of us. Yes. Like I, the audience, for me, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, and right. I think what you're saying is spot on. Yes. I mean, it, it is, and it's it, it does it does seem to translate to to the dating process, to the to it's the getting forced. to know process. It's yeah. forced. It's, it's natural. Yeah, it's not pressure. natural. Yeah. It's like what do you say? You're always trying to find that right word. What well, happened? Right. Does that happen in your right. life? Right. Yeah. I think the, I think that that's a that's a and he that's could, a great you know, reflection. And, and and Roberto could even use that technique. That's right. I Routines? think that's a great. No, to, no, just saying. I don't know what to say. So this I don't is know. So unnatural. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, just be so honest. Unnatural. Yeah, yeah, just be honest. Maybe honesty is one of the things that will help. Or take a different word. So we're using reframe. Take a different word. Be authentic. Yeah. If he's really anxious and nervous, just say, "Man, I'm nervous." Yeah. He I'm could not go over someone, this. and he could say, "You know, what? I'm doing this program. I have to say hi to ten people a day. Yep. You're number three. Hey." Yeah. And it would be and then so say, much. The other easier. girl totally. had a better response. Totally. Yeah. I'm gonna go over and yeah. talk to her. Totally. Like this is, just, but yeah, it's Nick, number ten. I know. Right. <laughs> you're like you're your number ten. And, and done well, we're gonna wrap up the show, but Nikki, I want to hear what you think of the conversation that was going. And I definitely want to have Nikki back on the show because we did this there. experiment Sorry, on Tinder that I wanted to also talk about today. I didn't realize we we're gonna go on so long, but I love that we did because I think there was really good, solid information here. Um, but okay, so let's say a guy came up to you and said, like, to be honest, I have no freaking clue what to say. Can't think of a single word, but I'm. I'm Ted. What would uh, you think? And that's not even my name. Yeah. <laughs> I might be Ted. I don't even know. Is that your real name? Uh, I would like it, I guess. I guess it also depends on how they say it to me. Right. If he says it and then runs away, yeah, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or if it's, yeah, like now I still want to talk to you. Now I'm opening up. Fine. I might be a bit more into it. Okay. Interesting. It really has follow up after, I guess, as well. Right. Exactly. Harder, but, that, but that's just the, just that's just the the en- entry point, the foot in the yeah. door. It's got me started. I so would much pressure. Give him a it shot. sucks, doesn't it? But it, it can does, all be really fun. And I, I think you yeah. know what Kristen said about just going out and having a good time, and then put yourself in those spaces where you are maximizing that space for yourself and puts you into a great mood and you're comfortable and you're confident, then you could open yourself up to other people, pull them into your world and see if they're worth sticking around. Yeah. Yeah. And the heart is what makes it great. Yeah, exactly. And you can take that however you want. Well, I know you want to be anonymous, but um, how how can people... Do you want? I don't even know. Thank you, Terry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the biologist find him at <laughs> underwear you can model. Find him at Madonna. Yeah, Madonna. That's right. At yeah. Madonna. Well, you're going to come back on our show for sure. I, I definitely would love to have you in. Thank you. Happy again. to be here. Yeah. Thank well, you. I guess this yeah, was great analysis. Nobody can find you, so you can. <laughs> too bad. I'll find you if you want to get in touch with Terry. I will put you in contact. Yeah. Uh, Nikki. Thank you for being on the phone. I definitely want to have you uh, back on in a couple of weeks to talk about this Tinder experiment that we secretly did. Perfect. That was pretty cool. And I'm actually going to have a video of it on YouTube. For. Oh, awesome. Uh, and Nikki actually does my mock dates in Toronto. Yeah. So she's very good. I think it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, but thank you, Nikki. And then, yeah, you guys are awesome. Kristen is wonderful. She of raised all of her money for her Indiegogo thank you campaign. I mean, she needs $50 more because Indiegogo stole money from her. Yeah. But she's going to do her movie. New episodes of the Aspen podcast come out every Thursday. Please go subscribe. You don't need to download to subscribe. It'll automatically go into your phone. You can listen to it whenever you want. We are going to continue Help a Brother Out. And uh, I think at the end of the show, there's going to be a little recap of of my final thoughts on the coaching session. But I'm going to continue working with Roberto. I'm going to try and continue working with the other guys. We're going to have other episodes where you hear my coaching calls with them. And hopefully you'll get to hear follow-up from everybody if I don't scare them away. We will see you guys next week. 
For everybody who's listening, I want you to know that these episodes of Help a Brother Out are not just for Roberto or whoever it is that I'm coaching. They are for you as well. So if you have approach anxiety, if you have butterflies in your stomach, if you don't have access to kick-ass friends like Roberto has, get some. Um, but I want you to do these exercises too. It's not just for you to listen and think that by osmosis, you're suddenly going to be a master with approaching. I need you to get off your butt. Start interacting with 10 people a day. Use those butterflies as motivation and as the energy that's going to propel you forward rather than holding you back like it's done in the past. I don't want only Roberto to be successful with women because I'm telling you once he's done with me he's going to be very successful with women I want you to be super successful with women that's why I do this podcast it's why I have my website winggirlmethod.com it's why I do everything that I do so that you can be that man that you've always wanted to be you can attract date seduce and get the girls you want so stop holding yourself back get off your butt and start approaching 10 people a day you can even write to me and tell me how it's going. You can make a video of yourself doing these approaches so that you can motivate yourself even further. Whatever it is that you need to do, do it. And write to ask at askwinpodcast.com and let me know how it's going. I want to hear from you, not just from Roberto.